much. Thank you. You know, um, we, we've been having a, a, a great weekend with these guys from Bethel. So um, we, um, they, we've got about a team of 10 people here with us, but they've brought 61 people over with them. Can you imagine that plane ride, 61 of them all together on the plane? It must have been holy chaos. And... Um, and um, we, we went out uh, treasure hunting on Saturday morning with the team. Uh, we had about 25 of our guys, and we went out with some of their guys. And every single person came back with at least one story, if not two or three or four, of significant encounters. They've had prayers. They've prayed for people. Uh, one guy gave their life to the Lord out on the streets. It was, it was just amazing. So we really, yeah, thank you, Lord. And I, and I just love what is stirred up when these guys come to visit us. So we are hugely privileged to have um, Steve and Ruth Moore with us here this morning. So Steve and Ruth have been to us twice before, so some of you may know, that, know them who've been with us for more than a few years. And um, Steve and Ruth head up um, the, the BSSM alumni, so it's the sort of school of ministry they have in, in Bethel and in Redding, California, where they're from. And that, that's, that, that, the alumni is about 12,000 people that they're leading, along with through the school, they have about four or 5,000 in the school now, something like that, 2,500 in the school, and they, and they kind of teach regularly in that, and they've got a, a, a daughter, Hannah, somewhere, who's um, just over one years old, and I think they've already taken on 40, 45 flights this year or something. We are so privileged to have these guys here with us to speak to us this morning. They are ministering all over the place, and, and God's working powerfully through them. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, we just love it, and we love you, and thank you for coming. So um, over to you guys. And by the way, they, they, they may call out some of you just to prophesy over you and ask you to stand up. And the reason we do that is it's, it's what, not normally the way we prophesy in this church, but actually when we have visitors, it's really helpful if you get to hear, as a church, we get to hear what God is saying to that person. So we can see, oh yeah, I see that in them too. We can encourage them in that. We can build them up in that. And we can also get a sense, is God speaking through these people or not? We can test it together with them. We believe he is. But <laughs> Sorry, that sounded a bit negative, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, all right. And um, um, youth, I think, I think you're going out. So Lewis and, and some of the Bethel team are going to take, take you guys out. So if all the youth want to want to head out. We love you, but you've got your own special things out there with, with, um, with the rest of the team. So um, yeah, that's some of the stuff we're going to be doing this morning. Over to you guys, and um, thanks. Should we just pray for these guys as they come up? Father, we, we thank you for Steve and Ruth and for Hannah. We look, whoa. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Um, Father, we thank you. And Father, we pray you bless them as you, they speak to us. Lord, we pray you'd refresh them and renew them. And we thank you for your hand on their lives and for all that they minister and pour out for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Oh, that was powerful. Powerful worship. Um, is the girl that was singing, as, yes, as me? I just, that was your first time? Wow, you look like an absolute natural. Can we just, you did amazing. I can't believe that was your first time. Looks like you've been doing that for years. Um, Esme, I, I, I just saw when, when you were singing, I heard the words restoration and redemption over you. And I felt like the Lord was saying that your life is going to bring restoration and redemption everywhere you go. And even that the song that the Lord's put inside of you is a song of restoration, a song of redemption. And I saw it going out to so many people and healing happening as you're singing, like just, not just physical healing, but healing of people's hearts 
and even restorations of family. And so I just want to bless uh, what the Lord's doing in you. And I just, I, I feel like he's just, I, I know he's so proud of you. Um, he's so proud of me. I just see him with a big smile over you. You bring so much joy and so much love. And so thank you. Thanks for leading us. And we bless you. Okay. Yay. You're powerful and special. Um, so, first of all, thank you for having us. I'm from, I'm, I do live in California right now, but originally I'm from Eastbourne, so not too far from here. And our little baby is out with my parents right now, so she, they're getting grandparent time, so they're very happy. Uh, grand, grand, granddaughter time. But um, thank you for having us. Thank you for hosting our team. As Jerry said, we brought 61 students over from. America, which is logistically one of the most complicated things we've done, uh, but it's been also amazing. There's, we're going to uh, almost 40 churches around the UK, and they're all, all over the place splitting up. So having a... a four zero, that is correct. Yeah, four zero. <laughs> logistically complicated. Uh, but, but having a, a blast. What the Lord's doing in the UK is powerful. Uh, we're seeing salvations and miracles and all these things happen. So... Thank you for having us. We do have Christine, who was singing this morning as well. She has a word for you guys as a church. So I'm just going to have her come up real quick and release that. Hi, my name is Christine. Um, when we were told that we were coming to this church, um, a few of us started praying about a word that we felt like the Lord wanted us to give to you. And I heard Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bucket. No, it's placed on a lampstand and it provides light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you should let your light shine before everyone so they can see the good things you do and praise your heavenly Father. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to say, you seriously are a light to this city more than you even realize the impact that you make in the community, and even being here and meeting a lot of you in the last couple of days, you are such an impactful church. There's so much power in your lives, and I just want to encourage you that in every area at your job place, outside, just in the community, you shine so brightly, and you make a much greater impact than you even realize. Just want to share that. Come on. Good so good. Thank you, Christine. Good word. All right, well, this morning, you get to hear from my favorite speaker. Steve. <laughs> um, this is my, obviously, my husband. Amazing. Um, he has an amazing word for this morning. And I love, I love when I get to hear him speak because I love that I, I get to see him live what he's speaking about. And so I, and I just had a picture, even as Christine was sharing, that as Steve talks, I saw keys dropping from heaven. And I felt like the Lord was saying he's giving you keys to unlock people's destinies, to unlock future, and to bring transformation. And so I just want you to be expectant that you're not just here to, to listen to a message and do your Sunday morning thing, but the Lord is going to drop keys for you to see um, radical transformation and influence everywhere you go. As Christians, we're not called to live a, a boring, normal life. We're called to see the world transformed around us and carry heaven everywhere we go. And so Steve's going to bring a word on that this morning. So. Come on. I have, oh, the, have, I have the mic. Love you, sweetie. Why don't you give it up for my beautiful wife, Ruth? I don't know how that just happened, but that did. Don't you guys love Jerry and Camilla? These two are real gems, and just listening to how they talk about you, and we mentioned it in the first service, but 
Well, we teach a lot in our school of ministry, so we have 2,500 uh, students, and um, we do a lot of activation teachings, and um, we were telling Jerry that in every single one of our classes that we're, uh, we, we do these seven-week teaching courses that we do within the school, and so we do seven weeks, and then seven weeks, and then seven weeks again. And um, it's about uh, how do you empower and activate people in leadership or in the supernatural or to take the kingdom into place of influence and work and all these things. And we always use Jerry as an, adv- as an example of how do you build with a, with a group of people or with a congregation uh, because we've always been so impressed. Every time that we've come here, the next time that we come, we have seen great growth and radical growth within leadership team, within the congregation. And the things that they've grown in have been the things that Jerry said, this is what I'm believing for this year. This is what we're going after. And this is my plan and my vision for this. And so you guys have real gems here. And I want to give you some homework for this week. Okay. Some of you are like, what? Uh, But I want you to go out of your way to find these two. And I want you to share one thing that you really appreciate and love about them or what you're thankful for about them. Or if you want to give them a gift, you can give them a car, whatever you want to do, you can give them a gift. But I want, you, I want to paint, Jerry's like, no, I'm not, that was a joke, okay? But you can give him one if you want. Um, but I want to paint an encouragement target on both of these guys, all right? And you know, Ruth and I have the easy job. Like you said, we, we travel quite a bit. And we get to show up to churches and we get to preach our four or five best messages and then we leave, right? But these guys are day in, day out, just serving faithfully and just pouring out love, pouring out love, pouring out love. And as a leader, some of you will know this, when you're constantly giving out, you don't always get the love put back into you. They didn't say anything like this. I'm just speaking from just, this is just, it just happens that way. And so I want you guys to go out of your way to encourage these guys. Does that sound good? So whether it's a text message, whether it's in person, I want you to go up to them and let them know how much you love them and appreciate about them. Sound good? Is that good homework? We love you guys. So good. All right, let's pray, and then we'll go in. Prayer is a good thing, right? Father, we love you. Thank you so much. Thank you for just sending your son, Jesus, Father, that, you just, uh, that he paid the ultimate price so that we could have forgiveness of sin and that we could inherit the abundant life that you paid for. And Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you that this morning that you will move on people's hearts. And Father, I thank you every single one of us will leave transformed and will leave with a greater revelation of your grace and love in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you couldn't tell, if you don't know who I am, I am American. Uh, my wife is British, uh, so I'm kind of like an honorary Brit, but not really. Um, but uh, my wife, my daughter is half British and half American, so there's a little bit more going on in the family. But we love coming here, love coming to England. Uh, obviously, it feels like home because we have family here and just love the people here. Uh, but like uh, Ruth said and Jerry said that we uh, were pastors out in Bethel Church in Redding, California, um, and... Uh, coming here, we just had such a sense of excitement and, and anticipation. And especially, we love coming to this place. We love you guys. We love this church. We love Jerry and Camilla. And just really believe that this church is full of influencers. And when we were even driving here and we were just praying and talking to the Lord, we felt like um, the Lord actually spoke to Ruth and, and uh, he spoke to her and he said, the destiny of Hampton Wick is locked up in the mouths and beliefs of Christians. And that this church is filled with great influencers and that we actually have the ability to see transformation come into our city and into our surroundings and into our families. And, you know, if, if, we, um, 
If we want to see, who wants to see transformation take place in our country, in the UK? Who wants to see kingdom transformation take place, yeah? Well, if we want to see transformation take place, we have to transform the way we live, right? We have to live a different way in order to see transformation take place. But in order to uh, live differently, tra- like, and transform the way we live, we have to transform the way we think, right? Because how we think determines our actions, Yes, no, yes, I think that's right, right? <laughs> you know, if, if we believe something about ourselves, then we're going to act on it, right? So I use an example, uh, James leading worship, right? James, I'm guessing, James, you believe that you're good at playing the guitar and good at singing, right? Yeah, I know, I know that's not the British thing to do, you know? <laughs> like, say, in America, we're like, yes, I'm a good singer, I'm good, you know? <laughs> it's a little true. I know that's not the, the British way. But James is, right? You guys would attest to that. He's a good, good singer, good at worship, right? So I'm assuming this, but I'm assuming James believes, yeah, I'm pretty good with the guitar. You know, a Brit would say, yeah, I'm good at the guitar, or yes, I, I have the ability to be very good at singing, you know? But American would be like, yeah, I'm great, man, you know? Like I, but he's very gifted, right? And because he's gifted and he believes that he's gifted, he's more likely to act out and step out on that belief system. Does that make sense? If he didn't believe that he was good at doing music, he wouldn't play music, right? I'm not, I'm not musically gifted. I don't believe I'm musically gifted. I never try to go and play music. Why? Because I don't believe it, right? Now, I'm not saying that obviously we all have different giftings, different talents. I know that. But it's true with anything. If we believe something, then we'll act on it, right? You believe in Jesus Christ, right? So you act on your faith, right? You believe that you're called to business, so you go into business, right? And so our, how we think actually influences the way we live, So if we want to transform the world around us, we have to transform the way we live. If we transform the way we live, we have to transform the way we think. But if we want to transform the way we think, we have to transform the way we speak. Because Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. So if we want to believe something different, we have to speak something different. Right? That's why Jesus commissioned us to actually preach the good news wherever we go, because someone can't believe unless they first hear. And when they hear the word, that's when faith is released, and that's when they're able to then believe, right? So as Christians, it's actually really important that we, we don't just keep our belief systems just in our inner world, in our minds. It's, it's, it's actually really important that we actually speak them out. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit, which basically means those that love the revelation that life is in the power of the tongue, when they speak life, they'll reap life, right? It's, you know, the kingdom is sowing and reaping, right? Jesus always said, you know, what you sow, you will reap. So these are spiritual principles, right? And so when we actually sow words of life, we begin to reap words of life. Now, Growing up, uh, I mentioned this uh, in the first service, that scientists and psychologists have actually uh, found that most people's belief systems and how they operate and how they function is already solidified in their life by the time they're seven years old. So by the time they're seven, they've actually already been programmed, so to speak, based on their environment that they grew up in, of belief systems. So children are constantly learning, right? Whether you're trying to teach them something or not, 
So my little daughter, Hannah, is constantly watching me and learning how I do stuff, right? So I never taught her to raise her hands in worship. She just started to do that on her own because she was watching us do it, and then she decided to do it herself, right? I, she knows how to turn on my cell phone. I never taught her that. I, I don't, my daughter doesn't have a cell phone, right? <laughs> She's 13 months, right? But she knows how to turn it on. Why? Because she watched her dad, and she gets her value and her identity and her capability from her father or from her mother, right? Same is true for a mother. I don't know why I said that. That was very American. Right? But we get, and as children of God, we get our identity from our dad, right? What he says about us. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is Jesus didn't just pay the price for us to be forgiven of sins. He paid the price so that we could have relation, forgiveness of sin, obviously, but relationship with him to have the fullness of him with us and for us to actually carry heaven wherever we go. That when we go someplace, he goes with us. See, it's not like this, it's not like God is next to us, walking around us, or on us. He's living inside of us. So when you step to the right, he steps to the right, right? Matthew 19, it, 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 it says, uh, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, it doesn't say uh, with man it's impossible and with God like, as in, like, God by himself, all things are possible. How about he know God can do anything that he wants? He's all-powerful. But it actually says that us with God, all things are possible. And so I really believe that today that uh, God was going to commission people to carry radical influence that was going to bring transformation in their sphere of influence. And there's people here that are in business or in education or in healthcare or stay-at-home mom. Uh, whatever it is that you have the ability to bring transformation wherever you go. Growing up as a kid, I grew up in a very uh, encouraging home. My parents are, are strong believers. I, um, I, I don't ever remember um, myself giving my life to the Lord. I just always believed. That was just the environment I grew up in. I just always believed. That was just my life. And Looking back, I can actually see who I am today is greatly because of how my parents would speak life over me as a kid. And so my parents are some of the most encouraging people on the planet. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying, like, they are, <laughs> they're overly encouraging. We have, a, we, have a, we have a friend, Ruth Outram, who's a pastor. She's also leaving on, uh, leading on this trip. And um, she was doing an airplane noise, like making a sound with her airplane noise with my nephews and nieces. And my mom heard her. She's like, Ruth, you are amazing at doing airplane noises. And Ruth's like, thanks, Jane. She's like, no, I'm serious. Like, that sounds like a real airplane. Like, she's just over the top, right? So that's how I grew up, right? I, I joked that I could slip off the stage and if I caught myself, I would be embarrassed and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I tripped and I fell. And my mom would be like, no, Stephen. If anybody else would have done that, they would have fallen on their face. <laughs> but not my son. You're so athletic and coordinated, you catch yourself, right? It sounds ridiculous, but this is truth. This is, this is how I grew up. And so because of that, uh, this sounds arrogant, but I, 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 I don't mean it to be, but I've never struggled with confidence because my parents have been constantly feeding me with encouragement, right? 
Now, we don't all come from that background, right? We don't all have the privilege of being in a blessed home. I know that I've been in a very blessed home. And some of us even here, it's like, oh man, I wasn't the person that I was when I was raising my kids when they were young, right? But thank God for Romans 8, 28, that it says he works all things together for good for those who love him. So who loves God? Raise your hand. Okay, good news for you. He works all things together for good. So regardless of what your past experience with or what your family's past experience with, he has the ability to work goodness out in your life. Amen? And if it's not good now, that means it's not the end. I feel like that word even for some of you right now, if it's not good right now, it means it's not the end. There's more to the story. And I felt, I felt this thing of radical transformation is going to begin happening. And I know it's, you're already seeing it. Like Tinica, the story that you were sharing of just influence within government and stuff. It's already happening, but I feel like God's saying, you haven't seen anything yet. That there's people here that have influence with CEOs or archbishops or, or uh, um, not principals, head, head teachers and deputy heads, and you have all this favor with all these different people, and I felt like the Lord was raising up this church to be like Joseph's unto Pharaoh's, and I felt this commissioning thing happen where you actually have the ability to see transformation take place, and growing up as a, uh, growing up in my family, my parents really modeled uh, what it looks like to actually believe what God says and actually put it into practice, and they would always speak truth out constantly, and so they would never just keep things in their head. Whenever they had big things coming up or important things, they would always encourage each other. My mom would be like, Greg, you can do this. You're so strategic. You're going like, to land this deal. It's going to be so powerful. My dad would do the same with my mom. And so as a kid, I learned something by watching my parents of intentionally speaking something out. And so that's who I am. I, I'm, I, my goal is to be the biggest encourager on the planet. That's my personal goal. And the reason being is because encouragement has so radically changed my life, I've seen it radically transform other people's life. And how many know that the world is starving for encouragement? Heck, I'm starving for encouragement, right? But the reality is, is the world knows what's wrong with them, but they don't really know what's right with them, right? A lot of times in the Christian circles, what we get caught up is we point out all the ways that the world's missing it, instead of actually pouring out all the ways that God loves them. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right? And so we have the ability to carry life and death, and we, be, we actually have the power to release declarations to see things transform because our words can create worlds. We're just like our Father. Our words are spirit and they are life. Who here has, uh, they've, someone's been encouraging to them, who here after receiving an encouraging word has felt instantly depressed right after? Anybody? No, I, I haven't experienced it either, right? If someone comes up to me like, Steve, you're so amazing, you're so fun, and whatever, I, I don't go afterwards, oh man, my life's terrible. No, I'm like, stop it, <laughs> right? <laughs> stop it, you know? That is, it makes you feel good. Why? Because the very definition of encouragement is that it imparts confidence, hope, and, and support to someone. That's actually what encouragement does. You know, uh, Ephesians 4.29, it says that, therefore let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is encouraging and strengthening of others. So sometimes as Christians, we just, you know, the best thing sometimes we could do for ourselves is to stop talking. 
Because some of the words that come out of our mouth is not helpful, right? Today, you turn on the news, and it's like, bad news, bad news, bad news. Oh, I wonder what type of bad news we're going to have today, right? Nobody's turning on the news going, what amazing things are happening on the planet. They're going, oh, no, what's happening in the world, right? I mean, everything that's happening politically, even with Brexit here, and then I don't even need to explain what's going on with our country with politics, you know, full well what's going on there, right? It's, there's this chaos that's happening, right? But God's working out things behind the scenes, and he's, he's, he's moving hearts of people. You know, right now in British Parliament, there's over 290 Christians that are MPs. Do you know that? That actually meet monthly to actually pray and intercede to see the Lord move in our country. That's amazing. You wouldn't know that from turning on the news. But what are we feeding ourselves on? Are we feeding ourselves on what the Lord is saying? Are we feeding ourselves on what the world is saying? Today, if you watch 20 minutes of news, you will hear more bad news in that 20 minutes than someone over 100 years ago would have heard in their whole lifetime. That's mind-blowing. But what are we feeding ourselves on? Right? What we hear is what we will then believe. Faith comes by hearing. So if we're constantly hearing the world say one thing, what do you think our belief system is going to line up with? Right? But if we actually start hearing truth, and not just in our mind, but actually speaking it out, then we're able to believe with what we hear, and then we actually begin to see our thought life begin to transform. Does that make sense? Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think, and you will see transformation. But changing the way you speak, uh, think, you have to speak. And so what are we speaking? What are we speaking in our businesses? What are we speaking to our kids? What are we speaking to our family? And there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, but it actually allows us to pull ourselves higher and actually see from God's perspective of God, how do you see this situation? How do you see this person? How can I be the word of life and of encouragement? I, I truly believe that transformation over this planet is locked up in the mouths and beliefs of Christians. I believe it wholeheartedly. That if we would actually speak a better word, the world would believe a better word. And I just had this picture of different one of you, uh, each, each one of you in these different spheres of influence, whether it was with family or whatever, just speaking these words of life and seeing these seeds of trans, uh, transformation begin to take root and grow. You know, I, wish, I, I witnessed my parents growing up. Uh, my parents weren't pastors, but they were heavily involved in the church, and they were in business and uh, just really loved the Lord. And I would witness them when they would, my dad would get ready for a big, big business meeting. He needed to close a deal. And before he would leave, he would drop to a knee and he would pray. And he'd just be like, Lord, I know that you're with me. Thank you, Father, that you're with me. And Father, I thank you that you have great wisdom for this meeting. And Father, what do you want me to bring? And he would ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. And the Holy Spirit would actually tell him, 
approach it like this, lead with this, say these things, and he would do it in the meeting, and it was like when he would say those words that the Lord told him to say, it was like a key turning into a door and unlocking something where he saw great favor and great influence. And that word that Ruth said with the keys is I believe that it's happening today, that many of you are gonna start hearing the Lord speaking to you, and it's gonna feel like your thoughts. Many of it's gonna feel like, is that me or is that God? Like who's had that where you're just like, that feels like me, that's, that's my silly thought, Right? But it's actually the Lord speaking to us. And I felt like he was going to start speaking divine insight to bring radical breakthrough in favor. I I shared a testimony where my my dad helped out a a, a family two weeks ago that um, they're close friends with Ruth and I, that young couple, they just bought a house and they have a a two-car garage that's detached from their house uh, that they wanted to convert into like an Airbnb for another stream of income because they're pastors and they don't, have that much income flow. And so they're thinking creative ways, but in California, we have these things called impact fees, which you have to pay to the government in order to even start building projects. And so they, they, in order to even start building, they have to pay $35,000 just to start building. That doesn't include any cost of materials or labor or anything. It's just to start off, right? So they find this out and they're like, our dream's crushed. We don't have that kind of money. Right? We don't have that kind of money to go on top of another 30000 that it takes to actually build the thing. And so they're kind of defeated. My dad hears this, and he's like, let me, let me see what I can do. So he's like, I've, I've, I've been able to see you know, favor with this. My dad's an engineer and a contractor. And so he goes into the city, and he meets with the city planner. And, he, and right before he goes into the meeting, he actually dropped to a knee in the hallway and goes, Holy Spirit, direct, direct me in this. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Like, how should I approach this meeting? And he heard the Lord say, let them be creative. He's like, okay, I've never had that before. Let them be creative. And so he walked in the meeting. He's like, hey, gave the story about this couple. This is what they're wanting to do. But I just, I just know this is what you guys do for a living. I know you're great at this kind of stuff. And I know you're super creative. And so if you were this young couple, how would you structure this out? How would you code this thing? How would you do this? Like, what would be the best approach? And so they're like, well, let me tell you what I would do, right? So they start taking ownership for this thing. And where originally the impact fees were gonna be 35,000, the city planner ends up going, you know what? We could actually classify it under this code section. And then it wouldn't cost $35,000. It would only cost $1,200 for them to start building. And they could still do everything that they wanna do. Right? So my dad's like, great, let's do that. And they're like, yep. So they sign off, approve it. My dad comes back to this couple and they just start weeping because they just got, their dream just became possible. Right? That started from my dad actually believing, oh, the Lord wants to speak to me. The Lord, believe, the Lord is with me. What would it look like if we believed that we carried the presence of God with us wherever we went and that we have the ability to pull on heaven in any situation to bring transformation and breakthrough. My parents have seen so much favor just from bringing God into the workplace. My dad has testimonies of people getting saved in work. My mom has testimonies of people getting saved in work, not because of them preaching the gospel, but from them living the gospel. And I felt like today there's a mandate on this church to actually be pioneers in different spheres of influence to see radical transformation. And I know it's already happening, but I just felt like the Lord was just even calling us up to a new new way of thinking and a new way of understanding to us be intentional with what we're saying in our place of influence.
What are we saying over our kids? What are we saying to our employees? What are we saying to our peers? What are we saying to our bosses? What, what are we speaking? The world is attracted to life and to encouragement. Have you, ever, have you ever been around someone that's just very encouraging, very positive, very energetic, right? You just feel good, right? You're around them, you're like, man, I just feel good. And when you're around someone that just constantly talks about how everything's failing and everything's going wrong, you're just kind of like, oh, <laughs> right? Winnie the Pooh, right? You got Tigger. Woohoo! Everybody wants to go on adventures with Tigger. Nobody wants to go on an adventure with Eeyore. No one's going, I want to follow that guy, right? The world's attracted to it, and we have abundant life living inside of us. And I just felt the Lord commissioning us to actually carry that abundant life everywhere we go. But I felt like he wanted to give a practical strategy that if we want to see transformation take place, then we need to change the way we speak. Because the way we speak influences all those things. You know, James 3 uh, four through six says that our tongue is like a rudder steering a ship. That what we sow, we reap. What are we speaking? What are we saying? Life is in the power of the tongue. And I felt the pleasure of the God over the people in this place that he's so proud of you. And then I also saw this big smile on his face of like, get ready for what's about to happen. The UK we could either take this stance in the UK that our country's going down the drain, our economy's gonna fail, it's gonna do, like, we could either partner with fear and what the world's saying, or we can actually believe a better word over our country. We can actually believe, no, not on my watch. No, I'm gonna believe for great transformation in London. I'm gonna believe for great transformation in Hampton Wick. I'm gonna believe great transformation in our school. Nothing is impossible because we are with God. What would happen if every believer started putting that belief system into practice? What would happen? We don't, we don't need to be traveling to all the farthest countries in the world and ministering, doing missions, work, and things like that. Your mission field is right in front of you. Seven billion people, seven and a half billion people on the planet, 2.5 billion people profess the Christian faith, right? What does that mean? It means basically if every believer radically loved two people, we could see the world saved. I don't know if I could see five billion people saved, right? But I know I could see two if I just radically love them. I could target two people for 40 years and just radically pursue them with love, right? That sounds like a good plan, right? What if we actually did that? And so I want you guys to stand up and I wanna pray for you. And then we actually have the kids, they're gonna do some fun stuff because I know it's Mother's Day. And I, I even felt specifically that God was really highlighting, I know it's Mother's Day, but I felt like he was hi highlighting the women in this room. And I felt like he wanted to honor you for your faithfulness and your genuine love and intentionality with how you speak and encourage people. And I even felt like there was just gonna be a pouring back of encouragement to you. And that there's this real nurturing thing on this church, on a lot of the women in this place. And I felt the pleasure of God all over you. <laughs> And so we're gonna do a little fun thing with the kids for you in a, in a moment. But I just felt the pleasure of the Lord over all of you. And I felt like he was saying, today's a new day, that regardless of your past experience, that today's a blank canvas for you to see the Lord completely move through your life like never before. In Reading, 
California, we're believing the Lord to bring transformation to our city. Not our church, to our city. We have about 100,000 people in our city and we're believing for the Lord to move powerfully through it. A number of years ago, we had about 20% unemployment rate. Since we've targeted unemployment, we've gone after it. Different businessmen and, and political people within our church have intentionally gone out to bring businesses to our city, to partner with businesses, to work together, to bring in uh, different teachers and doctors. We've seen unemployment rate go from 20% to 8%. And it's still, it's still going down. 20% is really bad. 5% was our national average, which is still needs to be lower, right? But we're actually seeing transformation take place in our city. Why? Because not the pastor, but the people actually taking on a belief system. No, the Lord's with me. If he's with me, who can be against me? And I just felt like this, this new passion and excitement rising up in us for to, us to take authority and our place of influence to see real transformation and breakthrough take place. And so I felt like the Lord just wanted to lead us through some declarations. And you know, declarations can sound funny and some people are like, is that the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it type heresy? You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, God's not a vending machine, okay? I'm not talking about that. But there is this reality that when we partner with truth and we speak it, we see freedom and we see breakthrough. That when we come into the knowledge of the truth, the truth sets us free. But we have to hear the word because faith comes by hearing. Is this making sense? And so I want you to repeat some declarations after me. I know that we're a little over, I'm so sorry. Um, but I'm just gonna have you repeat a couple declarations after me and then we're gonna have the kids uh, and the men do a fun thing for you ladies. But I, what I want you to say is, I, I want you to say, repeat after me, I want you to say, I am loved. I am, loved. I am powerful. I am a great influencer. I want men to say handsome and ladies to say beautiful, but I want you to say, I am beautiful. I am capable. I am smart. I have the ability to see transformation take place in my sphere of influence. I was born for such a time as this. The Lord called me. I just felt this thing that the Lord was like, I called you to where you are. Whether you're working in a coffee shop or whether you're uh, running a company of 500 employees, I felt like the Lord was like, I have called you there and you are there to be a great influencer. Joseph didn't change his whole life. He was the same person all the way from prison, all the way to the palace. But he saw great influence no matter what season of life he was because he decided to believe God, that God was with him and that he believed that the Lord wanted to use him in any situation. Whether you feel like you're in a prison season or where you feel like you're in the palace, God is with you and you have an ability to bring transformation. So I want you to put your hand on your heart and then I wanna pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for this church and I thank you for the grace that you've placed on them. That this room is filled with great influencers to bring great transformation. And Father, I thank you for this exciting time in the UK. And Father, I thank you that the UK isn't going down, it's going up. 
that there's breakthrough for the UK, that there's grace for the UK, that the Lord is moving powerfully in the UK right now. And Father, we thank you that UK will be known as the land of hope and glory, that it will be restored to its original foundation, that it is the land of hope and glory, that England has been responsible for bringing so much hope and so much economic fruit to the whole world. And Father, I thank you that you're even making London even more of an economic, uh, uh, shiny, I had this picture of uh, London and I saw all these stars popping and I felt like you're going to see a great revival within the economics of London. And I felt like it was going to trickle out into the rest of the country. And I felt like it was going to start with a lot of people that were even here. If, that, if you work in London, can you just raise a hand for me? Like you, you work in the city of London. If you can just, if you're around these people, I want you to lay hands on these people because I felt like something was, it's gonna happen everywhere, but I felt like something significant was going to happen within London. So if that's you, just raise your hand. I just want people to lay hands on them. But Father, right now, I thank you for great wisdom and insight into work And Father, I thank you that you've raised these people up to be kingdom influencers, to see great economic transformation take place. And whether they're in a Fortune 500 company or whether they're working in a small business, that they carry you wherever they go. And Father, we thank you that where your presence is, you are there. And when you are somewhere, you bring great fruit and great transformation. So Father, we bless these people in Jesus' name. Amen.